Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. And by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative business consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you're a kid today, you hear stories from your parents and grandparents about how they grew up, and you only hope that if your parents treated you like that, someone would call child protective services on them. Things like parents making their kids go outside and play, kids having to walk or bike places, not being driven anywhere, no snacks between meals, no TV, and no phone. If you're a parent, you're continually struggling to get your kids to put down the phone, get outside and do something that resembles what used to be regarded as normal human interaction for children. My guests on Out to Lunch today are here to help parents with that struggle. John Jordan is the owner of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. It's in Youngsville and as its name suggests, it's a place where kids and adults go to learn the specialised martial art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. John, welcome to Out to Lunch. Hi Aileen. April Peters describes herself as the creator of magical experiences at Hello Dancer. Hello Dancer is a dance studio for kids, but Hello Dancer is not your typical dance studio, which is traditionally a semester-long rehearsal for an end-of-year recital. Hello Dancer's mission is to provide a stress-free and fun experience for kids and parents, where kids learn to love dance and develop a healthy sense of determination and accomplishment. April, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks so much for having me, Aileen. John. As I mentioned, you teach Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to people of all ages. We'll get on to why kids or adults want to learn this, but let's start with the basics. What exactly is Brazilian <coughs> Jiu-Jitsu, and how did it get from Brazil to Youngsville? Wow, big question. But we I start a, with the big questions. I, I got a good answer, though. I should. Um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is basically uh, the way to nullify a stronger, bigger opponent you know, and by nullify, you mean take them down? Well, you could use as much or as little force as you want. And that's why ah. it's called the gentle art. So you could actually really hurt somebody, or you could put a little bit of pressure and not hurt them at all and just use your words to negotiate. And that's how we teach the kids to use jiu-jitsu at school if they had to. Negotiate first. Yeah, like, are you done picking on me? And the bully might say, no, I want, I'm still going to keep the bag of chips I took from you. Or some you know, sort of thing like that. And then they would, you know, make the negotiate, you know, by adding pressure, whether it's just a position or, you know, some sort of joint manipulation. We don't teach chokeholds to the kids because that could be kind of good. Oof, oof. Yes. But uh, eventually they'll, they will learn it, you know, once they understand the gravity. And you have a whole anti-bullying theme. To oh, your yeah. Uh, total total serious because I mean a lot of the bullying that goes on is verbal so it doesn't always you know re really like you don't need to get physical if you could use your words but a lot of the times the kids and the parents don't have the tools to, to answer the questions kind of like you know what what happens when they say this what happens when they don't listen you know you, we teach the kids how to draw a line we teach the kids how to set up boundaries and uh, we, we really give them tools to so where they could use their words and use their uh, verbal jujitsu but words and confidence come first before any 
site of a physical altercation. 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of cool, isn't it? It's a fighting place that teaches you not to fight as a first... Yeah, yeah. I like that. April, one of the keys to running successful business is to work in a field that you know. You've been a dancer your entire life. Presumably, you know inside out what works in a dance school and what doesn't. Clearly, your approach to teaching kids dance is a reaction against traditional dance school methods. Is this an, an original idea born out of a bad experience you had as a dance school as a kid? Or is it a new approach that better suits the current generation of kids? No, this is definitely, um, I definitely had a great experience as a child with dance. Um, this is just a whole new approach and um, something that I feel, feel will be very beneficial to the children. I had opened a dance studio at a young age and I did the big Yes, in your, in your grandmother's barn? Yes, in my grandmother's barn. Um, I was a senior in high school and um, a mom asked me to teach her daughter dance and her daughter turned out to be 10 kids and um, she didn't have 10 kids but she had a lot of friends. Um, the next year I was a freshman in, uh, in college and I ended up with 20 kids in my grandmother's little red barn and um, by that time, you know, I was in college, so I, I needed a real job, so I moved out of the barn and onto Main Street in the small town that I grew up and um, had 100 kids my first year um, while being in college full-time. And um, with that dance studio, we did the big recitals. We did competitions, and while those are great after having my own two children, um, I took a step back and realized how quickly kids grow up, and I really just wanted the, to allow them to be kids. You know, they're, they're only young once, and you should cherish every moment. Um, and but as a business owner, isn't the money made from recitals and... Oh, there's definitely a lot of profit to be made in recitals and costumes, and um, the competition industry is huge as well. Um, but I'm not in it just for the money. I truly love what I do, and I think that all children should experience the joy of dance without the added pressure. Um, that comes with recitals and without the added pressure and costs for parents. Um, it's, it's just so important for those young kids to have that opportunity. And John, you have a similar thing. You don't have contracts and you have a 10-day free trial. Does that make business sense? No, it doesn't. It doesn't always work out either. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, we keep the people that want to be around us and we give the people that don't want to, you know, be, be around us, we give them a, a, a way that they can, you know, find, find the door, you know. Um, letting people choose you know without you know binding them with a contract or you know really imposing our will too much um, gives people the freedom they want to feel comfortable to stay you know it, it, it bites us in the end because you know you it's a perishable art so if you don't train if you don't make it part of your lifestyle and you don't commit to it for more than a month or the two-week trial you know there's no way that it's gonna pay off but that's just something that they'll learn over time, that we let them know too. Do both of you come into this with a business background? You both love what you do, but did you come into it with a business background and make decisions by business, or did you just build a company that you wanted to run? <laughs> it sounds like we both, <laughs> They're both got just into it for the love, yeah. Yeah, uh, mine is definitely passion-based, um, but I also love the business side of things and the business aspect, um, and creating something that is more than just dance it's a whole experience for the parents and for the kids and um and, and i love the creativity that can go into the business side of things because it can be super fun and creative if you let it be S similar i mean it's just like she said it's like poetry in motion it's art in motion it's it's a moving communication so uh it's we do similar things i think 
Uh, which is why you're on the show together. Which is why we're on the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. <laughs> and both of you, do you have to fight against, You both of you deal with very young children. Do they come in with less of an attention span because of electronics? And is that something you teach out of them? Well, I think electronics cater to the attention span that's already there. I don't think it detracts from an attention span that, that could have been there. Uh, you know, there's no way we compete with flight, bright flashing lights and stuff like that. You know, and that just sucks a kid into an iPad. I could be wrong. April disagrees with you, I think. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> I do think that it's created a shorter attention span in children, but I also see, um, you know, from teaching dance nine years ago and now being back in the game, I see a difference in the children. Um, I feel like children are more focused individually um, and more self-centered. So, you know, via the iPad or whether they're at school and those are focused on individual goals, the academic goals of each child, you know, which which they need reading writing science i think all of that is great um but there's less time to um to expand from yourself and to be a part of of the community or to be to have that recess in the morning that you know used to be there um children learn through play and being able to negotiate with your friends or um having those creative experiences being able to be a leader um I feel like is a little lost in today's society, or it can be. So both of your businesses are more about teaching kids those other skills, confidence and discipline and concentration, focus, than they are about the actual thing you're teaching, or is it equal? Well, I feel like it comes in hand in hand with you know enjoying what you're doing. If if you're enjoying a class, a dance class, you'll want to listen to the teacher, you know. But if it's structured to where it's not fun or it's built to discipline them, they're gonna want, their mind's gonna wander, especially in the technological age where they're so used to having fun at the touch so of. So does finger. fun have to be built in, or does it get serious as they get older? Oh, totally has to be built in. Our fun is definitely built in. Yeah. Um, we're a conceptual-based studio, and so what does that mean well, in the we, real world? We focus on <laughs> concepts first, so place, level, size, direction, pathways. Um, and so on, and then we build our technique into there. And so I've read your mission statement, and it includes words like magical and make their wildest dreams come true, and sure, happy yeah. memories. So we do. I mean, we incorporate props. We do. We incorporate storytelling throughout our. Don't you our have dancing. like unicorn? Camps? We do. We have unicorn camps. We have magical mermaids awesome. and peg leg pirates. Um, anything you can imagine. John, I think you could use it. a few of these in your. I'm taking mental notes. Yes, we should partner together and do something. Absolutely. Yes, hundred percent. And John, I know that your aim is to be a speech pathologist. Because of the kids that have sensory issues and the neurodiverse kids, you want to be able to teach this to everyone? Yeah, your terminology is on point. The neurodiversity we see at a, at a well, any business that deals with kids is going to see a, a huge range of kids. And, um, you know, it's a lot of parents try to teach try to deal with the symptoms of the kids uh, behavioral problems when it's really all about the uh, environment that you put them in and how you how you approach it you know it's it's like giving a kid with ADHD uh, you know the pills that makes them quieter you know there are alternative approaches but it has to do with educating the parents and the in changing the environment that they're they're in and if we could make the gym inclusive to all you know, brain types, I think it would be. Absolutely. April's nodding at this. <laughs> you, 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 again, anyone that works with kids sees all these things these days. Kids come in with ADHD and all sorts of things that are diagnosed very young these days. 
Does your approach just inclusive to them? Do you do special things for them? Do you have special training for them? We are inclusive. Um, however, we do also have special needs classes. Traditionally, we think of girls going to dance classes and boys going to jujitsu. Has that changed? I think the mindset and the openness has changed. I, there are some boys that dance during jujitsu. It's they naturally have fun. They like to sing. They like to dance. It's more of the modern dance, like the I, I don't know what they're do called. Do you just play the, music the, in uh, class? The dance, oh, um, the, the height. The, yeah, the hype, they, that's they a Fortnite hype. move. <laughs> they, yeah, it, that thing from Fortnite that they're all doing. Oh, yeah, I hear that all the time. Uh, and the floss. <laughs> if they could only see our moves on this, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're all doing it right now. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's all comes down to branding, I think. You know, pink for girls, blue for boys. You know, that's that's so ingrained in our culture uh, that it's it's almost hard for the parents to get away from that. And it's a trickle-down effect. You know, if, if they hear something at home, they'll repeat it to their friends. It's just like bullying. Bullying happens at home more than it happens at school, and that's why the bullies are bullies, which is sad. But a lot of parents don't realize the toxic way they talk to their kids, I think. You know, the the jokes and the, 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 the prods and stuff like that. Uh, you know, there's all kind of different approaches to parenting, and, you know, there, there are always uh, room to grow, I think. So in our classes, it's funny you mentioned that we have some classes that have more boys than girls in it. And um, it's so much fun to watch them because boys like to dance just as much as little girls. Yeah, and I think it's become more acceptable for boys to dance and the, than girls to take jujitsu, which is kind of... Absolutely. And that little girl that walks in and you think she might want to be a princess, well, she might want to be a knight. So um, it's, it's really interesting and a lot of fun to teach children because everyone wants to move. Everyone Do you think television has done that with America's Best Dance Crew and all of those things? It's made it cool for guys to dance. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So what we need is television to show more girls doing jujitsu and things like that believe it or not about half of our kids class is girls um they love it and a lot of these girls aren't like like you said like they don't always want to be the princess uh, a lot of the girls don't do any other sports or activities all they do is jujitsu and you know while we could you know ask them to try other things you know i think it's important for people to have indoor hobby outdoor hobby indoor sport outdoor sport uh i think it's important to kind of have that diversity in you know your kid's life you know there's always room for new things to try new things you also offer women's defense classes correct correct you know the the goal of our co-ed class is to be able to survive uh, an attack an assault uh first firstly survive then can then exhaust the opponent so you can impose your will because more often than not the person who attacks you is going to be bigger and stronger and meaner and maybe on a substance a mind-altering substance so to to just try to straight out you know submit them is not going to always be the most favorable thing for you to try so we we always suggest first survive and then use use whatever jiu-jitsu control you have to exhaust the bad guy and once they exhaust it's usually we call it a hard three minutes that after the hard three minutes you hear them go like the i'm tired (laughs) and that's usually a clear indicator that they're ready to to give up and that's when you can negotiate but for the women's that's the co-ed's mindset for a women's mindset if there's sexual assault you their goal they win if they get home safe they're a survivor if they get home safe. So getting getting the fight to the ground is not the mindset in the women's class. The, the mindset is to identify it as early as possible because there's four stages of an assault and it all deals with proximity. And the earlier you identify the stage, 
that you're in, the easier it is to survive and get away. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with John Jordan from Gracie Jiu-Jitsu and April Peters from Hello Dancer. April. Parents have a lot of pressures these days. How affordable is it to bring kids to dance class or jiu-jitsu class? Well, I think that would depend on what program um, you're with, but with our dance studio, um, there's two costs. There's a membership fee and there's our monthly tuition. And there are no other costs, no hidden fees. We don't um, do costumes or anything like How that. How very uber of you. Yes. <laughs> uh, we, don't, we don't have costumes. We do do a small celebration for the kids at the end of the year. So we don't have a recital, but we have an in-studio informants or um, showcase for the children where, where they're in in an environment that they're comfortable in. So they've been dancing in this place all year long and we bring the parents into our studios and um, they still get to feel special and celebrated and show what they learned throughout the year. Now we're not, we're not focusing on just a dance um, all year long. We only focus on that for about four weeks of our um, dance season. And John, with your no contract, 10 days free trial, does that mean you're really expensive? Um, no, actually we're probably the least expensive <laughs> in terms of you know going market rate for uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We offer per class rates, which is almost unheard of because, you know, martial arts is almost a fickle business. Um, people come and people go. You know, if they have a bad day, they don't want to train. Little do they know that's the most important time for them to show up is when they don't want to be there. Uh, it's, it's more for mental growth. And um, but, but, yes, in the end of the day, we do offer affordable options. You know, um, the per class is unbeatable, you know. Um, we do monthly rates and you know if if since it is a long-term goal for people to achieve you know higher and higher levels of knowledge um we we do offer like long-term packages where they have you know discounts yeah once you get them addicted they're coming back whatever you do right yeah it is it's crazy addicting (laughs) april and john this is part of the show that we call your brother-in-law you're on your way home after a long day at the dance or jiu-jitsu studio when your phone rings It's your brother-in-law. Normally, he only calls if he wants to drop off the kids for you to watch for a couple of hours, but this time it's different. He's got a business proposition for you. (laughs) April, your brother-in-law says you're missing out on a big chunk of change. He sees his mums and sometimes dads dropping off their kids at your dance studio and coming back in an hour. His idea is this. You capture this captive market by giving these parents something to do for an hour instead of leaving. Who doesn't like a cocktail? Your brother-in-law suggests he opens a bar (laughs) inside Hello Dancer called Hello Drinker. Not only will it be a service for patients, but it will be another revenue stream for you. What do you tell your brother-in-law about this parent entertainment revenue stream proposition? Well, first of all, I really wouldn't... uh, I don't think parents drinking and then taking their kids home after is really a good idea. Um, I would probably try to talk them into coffee or something. Something other than that. (laughs) John, your brother-in-law has a great idea too. He says that, do you know, online gambling is legal now. You can legally place bets on sports competitions that are online. His idea is that you and he go into business and start a YouTube show called Jiu-Jitsu Junior Smackdown. All you need is a webcam and a website. You get kids to fight and folks tune in worldwide and place bets. If this works, it could be big money and it's totally legal. What do you say? Are you in? I say we're going to go to jail. (laughs) You didn't do research, (laughs) brother. Online gambling is legal. Oh, man. Uh, say good luck. Good luck, but I'm going to be over here. We couldn't just sneak a webcam into your facility. No, sorry, you can't do that, brother. <laughs> I saw a beautiful YouTube video on your page the other day, and there's a kid, and I presume his dad, and they're laughing the whole time they're working. 
and it's beautiful when the kind of comments say, hey, he'll get the rest later. Is that the most important thing in your studio? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's all about fun. Uh, I think if we could perpetually have fun in our life, you know, uh, a lot of problems would just kind of roll away. You know, we live in a high stress world. Uh, kids are, you know, mo I, I saw someone, something the other day. It's like mo someone's grandpa said they were married and owned a house at age 20, you know, back in their day. Like what? Like the the millennials with the I generation coming up, they uh they're not gonna live that life. April, I know when we put this online there's gonna be a question that I, I'm gonna get asked a lot. What is Unicorn Camp? Oh, Unicorn Camp is the most magical place I in the world. I she just got so excited and about Unicorn Camp. It's full of sparkles, surprises, rainbows. Um, are there unicorns there? There are unicorns. I have made all of these super fun unicorn props for the kids to use, um, as well as we have like stuffed unicorns, and um, we really transport them into that magical universe. So we're jumping over the rainbow road, um, and you know, just twirling through the sky like a unicorn. So, so. So what about unicorns? Unicorns, magical mermaids, and peg leg pirates. Uh, also, fa fancy fairy school, um, princess and knight academy. We had we had it all. You must have so much fun coming up with these ideas for camp. It is a blast. And I know it's John's going to be doing unicorn jujitsu. I want to come to one, see how it's done, and I'm not going to. Yes, gonna, let's do it. Not going to artfully copy <laughs> let's get you there. it. I want to see it. I want to see it in motion. And John, you also compete at a, a national and international level. Yeah, I've competed. In a, I've competed all over the place. Um, it's a lot of fun. But like I said, it's, it should be about fun. Um, I'm the kind of person who likes the competition, you know, um, it's not for everybody and that's not what we focus on, you know, but we definitely have that, um, avenue for the people who do want to do it. And I know that when you introduce your company, you're very proud of it being a Gracie Jiu Jitsu studio. Can you tell me what that means? Yeah, sure. So like a, a competitive, a competitive based gym is exactly what it sounds like. It's kind of sounds egocentric, right? Like yeah, it's about competitive yeah. Competitive me, me. So like in a gym like that, the only thing that's focused on is winning, and the only way to practice winning is to practice fighting. And there's only a there's in a, in a fight, fifty percent of people win and fifty percent of people lose. It's it's that's, easy math. That's true. Easy math. But the difference with the Gracie philosophy is whenever you put yourself in the frame of one guy's the bad guy, one guy's the good guy, the bad guy will actively cooperate to give the good guy the situation he needs to perform the jiu-jitsu technique of the day. So instead of competition, we have cooperation. So it's very much like a dance. 100%. Wow, see, I knew I'd bring you together. So you kind of avoided my question a few minutes ago. Can you tell us about your international reputation, please? There's not much international rep. Jiu-Jitsu is a small world. Uh, it doesn't take much for people to say, like, oh, I know that guy or I know that guy. Have you won things? Yes. I've, internationally, I've gone to Japan. That's probably the biggest thing I've done, and I won the tournament over there. It was a lot of fun. I made it in the paper. They called me Godzilla. It was funny. <laughs> So can we call you Godzilla from now on? I'd, uh, yeah, sure. Call me Godzilla. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, sorry, April, we had to like dig that out of him. So both of you are relatively new in these businesses. Where does it go from here? Um, our goal right now is just to create the most magical dance studio in the world and to give the parents and the children that walk through our doors the best experience possible. So, John. 
Future plans. Oh, sorry, Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> uh, the goal, you know, uh, we do want to eventually have a what we call a GST. It's um, it's a certification for police officers to where they can learn how to use uh, jujitsu instead of uh, whatever comes, you know, first to them. Like they're instinctual. They do have some training, but. Uh, to streamline their training to give them another option yes you know it's a it's like it's like using jujitsu only on one side of your body because they got to protect their weapon and if they can learn jujitsu i think i think the whole world would be better so your aim is just to improve the whole world well i'm a a focus on youngsville first and that's why they call him godzilla exactly we try and teach kids self-reliance, courage, and healthy habits. Our parents tried to teach us the same traits and skills. But times were decidedly different then, and they keep changing. April and John, you're both in the roles of secondary parents to the kids in your classes. They're learning lessons they can carry with them for a lifetime. And John, for the kids who didn't learn these skills, you can teach them as adults as well. I'm sure this lunch hasn't been as much fun for you guys as dancing or fighting, but I've enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thanks so much, Elaine. Thanks, Elaine. That was fun. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been John Jordan, owner of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, and April Peters, owner and creator of Magical Experiences at Hello Dancer. You can find out more about John's Jiu-Jitsu and April's Dance Studio by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morell. Our researchers are Anne Christian and Ali Coates. If you want to know more about what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsacadiana.com, and on our It's Acadiana Facebook page. These photos were taken by Thomas Peters. You can find out more about Thomas on his Instagram feed if you follow at curatinglife. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at itsacadiana.com. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsacadiana.com and krvs.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and krvs 88.7 FM. I'm Aileen Burnett. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe Vermilionville is open Monday to Friday for lunch and six nights a week for dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The Out to Lunch Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Out to Lunch Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escudet. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Collie Saloon. 
Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport and downtown restaurants.